the HR Den Podcast, Episode 6. You're listening to the HR Den Podcast, the podcast dedicated to providing you career tips and advice necessary to take your professional life to the next level. And I'm your host, Tiffany Drysdale. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the HR Den Podcast. My name is Tiffany, and I'm the host. For those of you who are new to the channel, the HR Den Podcast is a space dedicated to providing you career tips and advice to help you navigate your professional career. So today, I am going to be focusing on talking about workplace benefits. So we're going to break down everything from health insurance, the different kinds of terminology that you should know, and the other kinds of benefits that you're entitled to in any company that you work for. Now, benefits isn't the sexiest topic to talk about, but it's definitely an important one that we should have. So today we're going to pretty much break everything down, make it easier to understand, and I hope you all definitely find value in this. And at the end of this podcast, I'll give you some instructions on how to download and gain access to pretty much a benefits one-on-one cheat sheet that you can keep as a reference for yourself. And I will have that on my website for you to retrieve at the end of this podcast. So stay tuned so you can find out more about that. So let's get right into today's topic. So the very first benefit that I would like to talk about are your health and medical benefits. So this has everything to do with your, you know, your your physical health benefits, dental benefits, and your vision. So more than likely, if you're working for a company that has at least more than 50 employees, that company is by law responsible to offer you health and medical benefits. So like I said, this includes your medical, dental, and vision. But just a side note, if you are under the age of 26, so if you're 26 years of age and under, and you're, let's say you're on your parents' health coverage, if you are dependent on their health coverage, you can stay on their coverage until December 31st of your 26th year. Let's say your birthday falls mid-year like me, I will be 26 next year, and my birthday will be April 24th. So at the age of 26, since I'm still dependent on my parents' health insurance, December 31st of 2017 will be the end of me being a dependent on my mother's and my father's health insurance. So at that point, I will have to gain coverage through my company. I'm saying this all to say, if you already have coverage through your parents and they are allowing you to remain as a dependent on their health coverage, save your money and stay on their health coverage so that you can still keep that extra cash for yourself And it's a win-win either way. But if you want to get your own health benefits, that's completely up to you. But for me and a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I talk to, if you're under the age of 26 and you're 26 years old and you can still maintain that coverage and it's amazing health benefits, there's no reason why you shouldn't keep that benefit. But that's just me. All right. So anyways, that's just a side note. Moving on, so like I said, health benefits include your medical, dental, and vision. With health benefits, there are four vocabulary words that you should know. So this, all of these will be on that Benefits 101 cheat sheet that I will be providing you all. So number one is premium. So the premium is pretty much the cost of the insurance coverage. So this is pretty much your contribution that you're 
paying on a monthly basis or on a bi-weekly basis from your paycheck. So for example, if you are paying for health insurance for yourself, your company should have an outline and a list highlighting what your bi-weekly contribution should be for each month for your health coverage. So let's say the single rate is $20 on a bi-weekly basis for your medical benefits. On a monthly basis, you will be contributing $40. So your premium is whatever you're contributing to the health insurance. Number two is the deductible. So the deductible is pretty much the amount that you pay out of pocket for medical services each year before the insurance starts paying anything. So pretty much every health insurance has a deductible. So a fixed amount that you have to pay into pretty much before the health insurance even kicks in. So let's say, for example, um, the deductible for your particular company's health coverage is $1,000 for that year. So each year you have to make sure you're contributing out of pocket $1,000 before your health insurance even kicks in. So let's say you, God forbid, break your leg and you go to the hospital and the bill is let's say $600. You pay that $600 towards your deductible and you will have 400 left of the deductible before your insurance kicks in. So then let's say, God forbid, you broke your toe and the bill is $400. You pay that $400 and that totals the $1,000 deductible that you're required to pay for that year. And then that's when the health insurance starts kicking in. So let's say you go to the doctor for a broken arm and your bill is a thousand dollars. The health insurance will start. The health insurance will pretty much kick in and cover that a certain percentage, whatever the percentage is, whatever the percentage might be for that particular health coverage. There is no cookie cutter health coverage plan. Every plan is different. Every health insurance is different. Yes, you, you just have to make sure you read the fine print thoroughly. All right, so I hope that made sense. The deductible is pretty much what you pay out of pocket. It's a fixed amount before the health insurance starts pretty much working. Number three are your co-payments. So your co-payment is a fixed amount that you pay for a service. So you usually pay this, let's say you go to um, OBGYN and you go for a routine check your annual OBGYN appointment, and your copay for that will be, let's say, $15. Let's say you go to the dentist, your copay for that would be $20. So every every service has a copay assigned to it. So that's what a copay is. And number four is out-of-pocket maximum. So the out-of-pocket maximum is the maximum that you pay for a medical expenses for that calendar year. So once your out-of-pocket maxi- maximum is met, the insurance will pay uh, will pay 100% of your medical costs. So every health insurance has a maximum that you should pay. And once you've reached that maximum, you pretty much pay nothing out-of-pocket anymore and they start paying for everything 100%. All right, so with health benefits, those are the four main points to know and the four vocabulary words that you need to know. So premium, deductible, co-payments, and out-of-pocket maximum. Okay, so what is next? 
Now, when you get health insurance, you will see that they have tons and tons and tons of different plans. So to keep all of this simple, I'm pretty much going to break it down to two terms. So there's out of network and then there's in network. So when you go to select your health coverage, your benefits manager or your benefits coordinator will pretty much tell you that there are several plans. So there are a, there's a plan that pretty much allows you to stay within the network. So when in network when you hear that terminology, that pretty much means that you have to go to a specific set of health providers or physicians that are on a specified list. Out of network means that you can go to any physician you choose. And usually this plan is a bit more expensive and in network is a usually cheaper. But you for health insurance, you never go by the price. You always see what's a better fit for you. So in, in network is pretty much you go to a certain set of doctors. Out of network means you can go anywhere. And yeah, that's pretty much what that means. Okay, so I've pretty much gone through everything in regards to health and medical benefits. I hope that's clear. Now I'm going to pretty much briefly go into the other benefits that you are entitled to when you work for a company. So number one is PTO time. So PTO refers to paid time off. So paid time off is pretty much time that the company allows for you to take off and you can still get paid for it. And this includes your vacation time, your sick time, and personal time. So usually companies will offer you vacation time. They'll offer you five days, 10 days, 15 days. Every company is different, but they will offer you a certain set of vacation days, a certain set of sick time, and a certain number of personal days to take off, and they will pay for you to have off during these times. And usually every company, or depending on your position, whether you're exempt, non-exempt, um, you have you have different accrual rates, but all, all of that just to say that vacation, sick time, personal time is another benefit that is entitled to you. The FMLA, FMLA, which means Family and Medical Leave Act, is another benefit that is entitled to you. And FMLA is pretty much an act that was passed in 1993 that entitles eligible, eligible employees to pretty much have unpaid job protective leave for a specific family or medical reason. So pretty much you, if you are eligible, meaning there are certain requirements that you have to pretty much meet, which I won't, I won't get into that right now, but if you are eligible for FMLA, you are entitled to this and you can take off unpaid leave and your job will be secured and protected. The next one, number three, is life insurance. So God forbid you were to die while working at that particular company, they will offer the employee up to $50,000 in coverage on a tax-exempt basis at no cost to you. So this is not anything that you have to pay out. This is nothing that you have to pay out into, um, but it's, it's another benefit that you are entitled to as an employee of a company. Number four is flex spending account, which is also known as an FSA. Many employers, they offer you to input a certain number of funds in a tax advantage account called an FSA. What FSAs do is they help you pay for expenses that aren't necessarily covered by your health insurance. 
so you are able to contribute each paycheck you're able to contribute a certain amount into the FSA and you pretty much bank that money and anything that any any medication or anything that the insurance doesn't cover you're able to use that FSA account to pay for that and you have to make sure that you use the funds before the end of the year or else you use it you lose it so you pretty much have to make sure that you use all of the funds that are in the FSA account before you lose it. Number four is a retirement plan. So some companies have a 401k, some companies have a 403b. There are various retirement plans, but pretty much you an, empl- an employee is able to contribute funds to this account. Some companies match it. Some companies match it at a certain amount, whether it be 2%, whether it be 50% or match it 100%. But it is a retirement plan where you can be proactive and plan for your retirement and add money to that add money to that bank. Another benefit is commuter benefits. So a company will offer you know mileage reimbursements or you know pre-tax deductions for metro cards. Like there are certain things that companies will offer in regards to your commuting. Every company is different, but, you know, some companies do offer commuter, some companies do offer commuter benefits. Number six is employee assistant programs. So employers will offer this kind of program to employees, and this kind of program is pretty much, this kind of program is pretty much a counseling program. So for those people who have work stress, are mourning a a loved one, or have different kinds of stressors impacting their job performance and their life, an employee assistance program is there to help them get through these kinds of problems. So last, we have the tuition reimbursement program, which is an amazing program that companies offer to employees and encourages them to go back to school. So if they go back to school, they offer to cover tuition, books, at a certain percentage. So some companies will cover 50%, 25%, whatever it might be, it is still money back in your pocket. So most companies will tell you that whatever the degree is, the the only way that they will reimburse you for the education is if it's relative to the line of work that you're already practicing. So for example, for me, when I was going back to school for my master's degree in human resource management and I was working as an HR recruiter or a human resources coordinator being that the degree was relative to my line of work the company had no problem with reimbursing me for my education let's say for example I was working in human resources and I was going back to school for biology. They wouldn't reimburse me because it has nothing to do with my line of work. Another condition of tuition reimbursement programs is that you have to make sure that you obtain a a, a good grade. So that's a B or an A. Pretty much most companies will tell you that you need to obtain a B or higher in the course in order to be reimbursed. So yeah, that is the tuition reimbursement program. All right, everyone, that is the end of today's podcast. I hope you found it extremely helpful. 
So I will be putting together a benefits one-on-one worksheet. It's, it'll be it'll pretty much be a cheat sheet highlighting everything that we've gone over today so you can always have this to reference in the near future at any given point in time. All right, so if you like what you heard today, just be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find me on SoundCloud. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe to our channel and share the podcast with your friends. If you know anyone who would like to hear everything about career development and career tips surrounding the workplace, tell them the HR Den is where they need to go. All right, be sure to check out our website at www.thehrden.com for the latest blog post and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter and email list so that you can always stay up to date with what's new. Thanks for listening.